What's up, everyone? On today's Quad Bunk podcast, you have myself, John Brzezowski, Eric Smith, back at it again, and we have a guest today. The Penn State crew keeps coming, and we are so excited to have Joey Stevens here on the podcast today. Joey, I'm going to give you a quick introduction, but feel free to fill in the cracks wherever I miss. Uh, Joey and me went to school together at Penn State in the same fraternity, you know, that whole whole business, but we actually... Uh, Joey graduated with an engineering degree, um, ended up actually doing a couple of years in uh, sales, and now actually went back for his MBA. There's some really cool things we want to talk to Joey about today, but Joey, what I miss, what is it about you that uh, made you want to come on this podcast today, other than me pestering you to come on, and how are you? Well, John, yeah, I really appreciate you having me on here. Um, First podcast. I'm sure you've gotten that before, but I'm really excited. Uh, you know, I've always loved podcasts and thank you for the introduction. You know, I, uh, coming from the engineering background, you know, I was really excited coming out of college, you know, as everyone is to get a job, but I was able to get a job in sales and not very traditional, but I've enjoyed it so far. And I want to kind of talk to you today about what that's been like coming out of college as an engineer with an engineering degree highly technical background, going into more of a business-oriented position and field, and then deciding that I want to get my MBA and kind of pursue that business side of things more so than the technical side of things. So we'll get into it a little bit, but thanks for the intro. Yeah. Uh, quick quick pickup, Eric. How, how are you doing? And then I have a little, a little two-class for the old quad bunk here. I'm doing all right after my uh, comeback from the flu game. So yeah. I'm much, glad you're much better, much better than the week before. So I'm glad you can't, recovered. Can't complain. Can't complain. Um, so two class for the old quad bunk here. We went a little mini viral last last week. We hit over uh, 1,500 or 14,000 on, on a on a reel. So you know, and it was uh, you know getting upset with people that didn't post quad bunk podcast on their story when we knew it came up on some people's Spotify Wrapped. <clears throat> Joey um, was in that group. <laughs> But that's fine. Um, really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. And yeah, we could definitely dive into some of these topics. Um, I'm very interested because I've done not sales specifically. And I guess the questions I kind of want to dive into first is how sales is a very broad role, right? Like a very broad based term. So do you have, can you go into a little bit more detail on like what the initial ask was for you as a job and like how that kind of festered into something that you wanted to kind of pursue more and felt like adding dis adding another discipline or adding another qualification to your name now joey stevens mba um how that feels and, and like kind of that trajectory sure so i work for hilti uh it's a global construction solutions company uh from power tools anchors to software solutions uh recently partnered with some really cool tech companies to bring some innovative stuff to the construction industry. But what's great about Hilti, especially on the East Coast of the United States, is heavily recruited from Penn State. And they have a program called the Accelerated Leadership Program. So what that is, is basically they're scouting for engineers who have more of a, let's say, social personality rather than the typical sit behind the desk pencil pushing engineer that many people think of and the accelerated leadership program is really meant to develop these kids into full-fledged you know functional contributing employees with a technical background and then developing kind of some of the soft skills that go into sales so my first role was an inside sales position 
I worked at inside one of the Hilti stores. I managed the store, uh, you know, from stock to doing sales to everything else that goes along with managing a, a physical brick and mortar store. Did that for about a year. Then I transitioned to an account manager role where I had a geographical territory and a segment of accounts that I was responsible for engaging and growing. Did that for about two years. Uh, really enjoyed that role. Kind of when I realized I wanted to continue the trajectory of being in business and kind of uh, expanding my business skill set. Now, what I currently do, though, is I work as a field engineer. Fastening and protection field engineer is my title. And I'll get into it a little bit, but I work with architects and the specifying community in my region, which is Maryland, D.C., and Northern Virginia. So basically just engaging with them and being a technical resource for these, for these architects and specifiers. So, you know, the business side of things has really attracted me and getting my MBA is something that I really didn't expect to do coming out of college, but I'm really happy that I was able to, luckily Hilti actually paid for it. So that doesn't Not hurt. bad, not bad. Not bad. Oh, not bad. Yeah, not a bad gig if you can get it. Absolutely. So I'm tied to them for a couple of years now, but I really don't mind because it's mm -hmm. a great place to work. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, it, it's interesting how like when you graduate school, you you have it's the common trope, right? Of like, you never know what you're going to use your degree for or like X amount of percentage of people don't actually use their initial degree to leverage what they do long term. Um, but, you know, I think you found an, an avenue where you do both is like you leverage your degree, but you do it in a way that you didn't expect um to maybe do that when you started um when uh when we kind of um going back for the mba were you working full-time or did they do like kind of like a, a mix this is this is not just a healthy uh, 25 minute healthy ad but like did uh did they like give you x amount of time off did you have to work half time or uh, part-time or was it just like hey add it to your schedule figure it out i was full-time so i did it at night um it was manageable. Honestly, it really was. I was a full-time student, so full course load, uh, but the university that I went to was Bellevue University in Nebraska. Never stepped foot on campus once, mm -hmm. completely online. Invited me to come to graduation, politely turned them down, but um, being able to do it online is, is such a benefit nowadays, I really feel like. Um, you can learn so much through the internet, I mean, even without a formal education, but being able to get a formal education online while working uh, full-time, it was manageable. Um, you know, it adds something to your plate. It's going to be a little extra work you got to do regularly for, mine was about 18 months, yeah. but it's doable. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how many quad bunk listeners are currently looking at MBAs and, and, and programs like that, but, you know, I mean, I guess if we're, if we're being honest, right, like, did you have... Um, was it like Hilti worked with this school directly or was it kind of, you had to do the application process and then you had to do like either uh, do uh, some like pre-tests to kind of figure out what, what schools are available to you. Is that kind of how that worked or what, what was that process like? Yeah. So the universe, Bellevue university is a partner university of Hilti. Our former CEO had gone there, gotten his mm -hmm. MBA from there. So they had partnered together and, Basically, they give you a tuition or a, a grant, and Hilti gives you a tuition reimbursement. So between those two things, they pay for it for free. But yeah, it's um, 
it was it was manageable and you know it the process of getting in was just like any other MBA process you got to get the prerequisite exams and even though I didn't have any business background I was able to get in um I just with having a bachelor's degree in engineering nice yeah I mean Eric I don't know if you have any any things you wanted to add in here but like the uh in terms of managing the day-to-day with that additional workload. Um, Cause I'm interested in, I'm not gonna bury the lead of my book review that we're gonna go over later of Atomic Habits. Eric's already getting mad um, because, but like what kind of things did you feel were most helpful in managing that, that like additional workload? Because I've had two polar opposites, right? Of having to do incredibly time consuming additional work versus the, you put a piece of paper uh, you put like some words on the paper and it has to be done by 1159 it's 1157 you, you get it in so like did you find that it was easier and and you were able to set habits that let you stay on top of things or were you just incredibly stressed the entire time and like you know managing things by the last second so yeah you're uh, you're really interested in this habits topic huh? yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah you got to set habits that's that's important for anything to be successful in life I think but uh, for me, while I was uh, to get my MBA, I definitely had a routine and it was mostly Sundays. You know, I did a lot of work on Sundays, sucked during football season, but it is what it is. You pay the price. Did a lot of work on Sundays and then throughout the week, of course, Simon's doing everything like that. But uh, luckily for me, being in that sales role while I was getting, while I was doing the majority of the schoolwork, I had a very flexible schedule. I was able to set my own schedule. You know, there was no one breathing on me to be nine to five somewhere. Uh, that's, I think that's one of the nice things about sales. We can get into it, but there's, you're really your own boss at the end of the day. You have a lot of self-responsibility. You have to be proactive with your work, especially if you're the one responsible for going out and finding leads to be able to get these actual sales. So, you know, I was able to build my own schedule, worked full time, but it was easy for me, kind of, honestly, I'm not going to lie. It was easy for me to, to really navigate when I'm going to spend time on work and when I'm going to spend time on school day and night, really. Yeah. So like, did you have fun as well? Or like, is, is that like a, a thing that you just decided that wasn't necessary for a little while? You know, you always got to have fun. Yeah. I, I had a little bit of fun. Yeah. So see the Sundays thing is tough for me, especially in my older age. Um, because if you do enjoy yourself on a Saturday, it, it, it can be challenging to, to get that, get that Sunday morning up and up and running. Eric shaking his head. Yes. Um, yeah. I know he, we've got these video podcasts now, Eric, but I still need you to, you know, interject when you agree. Yeah, no, I mean, you know exactly how I feel about that. I, most Sundays I end up curled up in a ball, just watching football on the couch. So yeah, which is great. Um, it is great. Not if you have like, Work a bunch do. of work, a bunch of work to do, and you know you need to do it. So, yeah, yeah, not a good feeling. Um, so like in terms of the <clears throat> this healthy thing is interesting, but the in terms of sales, right? So driving this this home a little bit more. Uh, speaking from the only experience I've had in a role, um, like this was more like an account manager support role, uh, which was a lot of like talking to people that didn't want to talk to you. So like, how did you, how do you like do that? Like knowing yeah. you're going to wake, 
for me, it's like you wake up in the morning, you're like, I got to talk to people that don't want to talk to me. It's like, it's like me scrolling through Instagram and people are giving me advertisements and I'm like, I know I want this, but I'm actively choosing, even if I like this and even if it's good for me, I will say no, just because at a principle. So like, did you, how do you manage and like get people to be nice to you when, when you're asking them for, for, you know, a small investment? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's a great question. And I think that's probably one of the hardest things in sales is navigating the no. Yeah. Because you get a lot of no's. It really does happen. You know, uh, I think one of the important things is having faith in whatever you're selling, the product, the company, whatever it is. If you're bought in, that will be relayed to your customer. Yeah. Because if you go into some sales call and you're not bought into what you're selling, they're going to know and they're going to be able to sense it. And then they're not going to be as interested in wanting to buy. So even if you're faking it, which... Luckily, I wasn't because I do believe in the products I sell. Or I did sell. You got to believe in what you're, what you're selling. And if you can do that, then even if they start to give you trouble or start to drive down the path of no, saying no, you know, you're still confident enough to try to pull it off or to at least try to pull it off. So do you, do you have like, do they have any like mantras? So like my sister once sold, um, did door-to-door uh, want to start this off by saying that they reiterating sales is a very wide margin and there is no comparison to what my sister did during her during her summer where she didn't have an internship and they they gave her this and what you do but is there in terms of sales like did you have like some sort of mantra or something like that because what she did is she did the air method which is agree ignore and then return to what you were talking about where someone says no you'd be like yeah no i I clearly understand what you're saying and then just ignore it completely and then go back to continuing to like reiterate the facts that you you came here to 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 communicate so it was like is there like a a certain mantra that would be good for people to like a little snippet of what you learned that you can you can relay to the the audience here um now air method I wouldn't do the air method okay. personally. That's not my style of sales. I think everyone honestly can develop their own style of sales. For me, my biggest focus was on building relationships with my customers. Yeah. And by, you know, so many different ways, even the small things of calling them to check in on them, make sure everything's going smooth. If they need anything, if uh, they need me to come by to solve a problem, whatever it may be, just checking in to taking them out to dinner, taking them out to lunch, uh, going to play golf, like things like that. Building relationships with customers is really the most valuable thing you can do in sales. I mean, I think many people will probably tell you that sales is relationships. Uh, No one's going to buy anything from you if they don't like you. Even if it's the only product out there that will fit their needs, they won't buy it from you because they don't like you. And if you can build some actual quality relationships and get on these people's good sides and not even in like a subversive way, you, it, it needs to come off as genuine. And if you can really genuinely build relationships with people, you're going to have a good time doing sales. Yeah. I mean, I, I did not, I, and I, and I don't think she, she was selling uh, like, like energy service like door to door knocking on people's homes, very different than, you know, a product that 
that you believe in, that you actually have some technical expertise to be able to communicate and like all of those things. It's just, it's just night and day difference, but it's hoping there might've been some overlap there in terms of like an air well, method or something like that. You know? The, you know, what I'd say to that is even in those, you walk up to the door, knock on it, someone opens it and you're face to face and you got to talk. You can still work on building a relationship in those first 30 seconds, one minute, two minutes, get the, build some rapport and get them to believe in you, even if they don't necessarily believe in the product yet. So yeah. there is some of that, even in that sort of sales. But in what I was doing, it was more along the lines of recurring con contacts with customers yeah. where you're building sustainable relationships that can work over a period of years, honestly. So even though they were different sorts of sales, the same tactics just work on a different scale. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, uh, you know, I, I think that you, you are, you are someone that, that I, I, I admire in, in your ability to, to, you know, you know, talk through things and, and, and uh, get that initial 60 second, get people to like you. So, um, but I think maybe we might want to move a little bit quickly into a little bozo of the week and get a little, uh, get, get some, some levity into the situation, come back a little bit later, maybe hit some jujitsu talk. I know you're wearing your MMA shirts to look and, uh, you know, unfortunately we don't have our MMA, uh, Eric, I would say probably is the MMA guy on the podcast in terms of our, our level of expertise, Eric, what would you, oh, yeah, Eric? I mean, I don't know. I, I enjoy watching like MMA fights. I don't know about like level of expertise, like yeah. technical, technical style. Like if you put me in the ring, I could not fight, but if you put a fight on the TV, I will watch it. If that <laughs> okay. So a little different there. Um, but uh, I mean, like I've always like wanted to be, I've always like thought like, Oh, like that would be kind of cool to like go out there. But then like, I see some people get hit and I'm like, Ooh, like, yeah, I'm good. I'm not I'm gonna sit down, but. Yeah. I, I think it is a very interesting sport. And, you know, my brother's uh, one of my brother's best friends from growing up is in the UFC. So anytime he's fighting, it's always a, it's always a hoot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't have any of those, um, but all right. So Bozo the week quickly, just to, to lay it out, lay it out there. It's uh, people that messed up, but not people that like murdered people. Okay. Eric, it's just like people that do dumb things that you can make. Fun Let's of. be honest. What he did was dumb. We're not going to bring this up again, but I'll start, start with my bozo of the week. My bozo of the week is the CEO of better.com. I don't know if you've seen this yet. A guy gets on a Zoom call and fires hundreds of people in the most like pompous, like fake, uh, fake caring about their feelings. Like I understand how challenging this is right before the holidays, but you're gone. And like, you know, that that's a bozo move. You, you can't just be like, they must have been in a meeting when they were like, I don't know how we're going to fire all of these people. And the CEO and his, his, uh, you know, lack of awareness was like, oh, if it comes from me, they'll understand. They won't, they won't screen record it and post it to TikTok for thousands and thousands of views. Dude, yes, they will. Of course they will do that. Um, so, you know, that's, that's my bozo of the week. This, uh, the big idiot who thought he could, he could fire hundreds of people and, and have it not crash back at him. So this is something I could watch on the internet. Oh yeah. It's, 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 it, he's sitting at his desk too, with like a side profile view, like a little pen and paper and like, like holding his glasses in his hand. Like 
as staged as possible and i think he has his like legs crossed too like he's not even it's not even like it's like hey like i really care about you it's like yeah i understand it's probably tough you know yeah, i was gonna say is he at least trying to be like remorse about it in this video or he's just straight up like yeah i don't care about you or no i think he is trying to pretend to show remorse but he doesn't have you know he's he's firing hundreds of people via zoom call you know there's really no no good way to do that but i think there's a better there's got to be a better way because this is the first video i've ever seen of hundreds of people getting fired at once yeah i mean i feel like that's like a, i feel like that's just strange on its own like usually it's not like group firings even like on like big layoffs like you don't all find out like together usually i feel definitely not yeah i'm gonna have to watch this this sounds yeah. This sounds like something I need to see. It almost okay. sounds like fake, but it's, it's not fake. It's it was on the top of my LinkedIn the other day. So um, yeah, I, don't, don't believe everything you uh, read on the internet, buddy. Yeah, That's what I'm gonna say. Um, but Eric, Joey, anyone's got a bozo this week? If not, I can go into my second. Why don't you go into your second? I'm uh, unfortunately pretty unprepared. I had one, and now I can't find it. Okay, so uh, me for going to see the Christmas tree in, in New York city during the day. Uh, that didn't check the box with the girlfriend that definitely didn't. That was like, Oh, it looks like crap. Like, okay, well we're seeing it. And she's like, well, I think we should probably come back at night when it looks good. And I'm like, well, then why are we here at 1 PM when I'm aggressively hungover on a Saturday? And she was like, I don't know. Uh, you, you're the one that said we should go to the tree. And I was like, well, I didn't know that there's, there's a daytime and a nighttime tree option. I thought it was daytime tree was equivalent to check the box. We saw the tree. Did you see the videos of the ice rink? Apparently it's like flooding. What? It's like you're like skating in ice, but like puddles are like splashing up. No, I did not see that. It's like an inch of water over the ice. Yikes. It's just kind of gliding through them maybe bozo to the week of the people who are just getting out there and still skating on that ice i second that i mean like i guess maybe you're thinking about it like for some people if it's like all right once in a lifetime experience i live in california and i'm in new york city i'm gonna do it all right go ahead sure but if it's like john who like lives like a couple blocks away skating in the pond yeah i don't know how long you have to live in new york before you stop wanting to do the tourist traps but it's not it's not. I, mean, I don't even have to live in New York. You live across the fucking bridge, and you could have done it like five times. But like, all right, like that tree is really big and it's really cool. But I could just like look at it on the internet. Yeah, it does a, look really nice at night. And I, I go ice skating somewhere else. Day's not worth it. Get through the crowd at night. It's it's not worth it to go during the day. I don't think I've ever taken the classic picture in front of the tree. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's a good sign. All right, Joey, do you have a bozo of this week or do you want me to, or should we move on to bearish and bullish? I don't have a bozo of the week, but I was just thinking about it. I'd probably say Chris Cuomo. <laughs> okay. All right. You know, Go ahead. Hit I was thinking someone, I like it. Were you thinking that too, Eric? Yeah, we've seen I was it. Thinking, I was thinking someone else who's uh, in the news, but I think if I brought it up, John would be pretty best. So I'm just going to leave it down. <laughs> Start with Chris. Go ahead. Give me, give me, your, give me your Chris Cuomo. I just think he's a bozo. I mean, helping out his brother, you know, with all of his resources, he shouldn't have done it. He got caught. That's a bozo move. I think, it, yeah, I think it speaks for itself. Yeah, he, yeah. he is a 
bit of a bozo. I would, I would have to agree with you. Um, so, so are his brothers. Put him on the, put him on the list next to DK Metcalf. You've gobbled your last ghoul, Anthony Whoa. Cuomo. <laughs> what would, what would the bozo of the week, uh, Mount Rushmore, so far look like? It would look like the two Cuomo brothers, DK, DK Metcalf, Metcalf and, and probably myself. John at this point. Yeah, because everything has to be about me. John has nominated himself like five times <laughs> for this award. Yeah, it, you know, it's good. And to, I think we've I think we've had this segment for like six weeks. So, yeah, putting that, putting that in perspective. Yeah, no, I mean, I I would agree. I, I think uh, I think I'm a big bozo, um, and that that vibes with my personality. Um, yeah, but you're our bozo, so. Yeah, and like the only other thing I would say probably is like a a, a bozo move, and I hope I don't bite off anyone's bearish or bullish this week is the um is whoever decided that you can't cancel a football game like the people that just say no there's a even in monsoons in freak weather accidents let's still play this game because that monday night football game was absolutely abysmal i hated watching it i didn't watch it um and like 50 mile per hour wins you're telling me that someone threw the ball three times and they won a football game thank goodness i was uh overworked and under under allocated resources i don't know i thought it was kind of sick it almost looked like a backyard football game like uh, i don't know if you saw like the video beforehand where like the guy was at midfield and he kicked it through the uprights and it was a laser and then going the other way on the field he kicks it from like 30 yards and it literally blows up in the air and like goes back. It was like a, and it was like two meaningless teams that I don't care about. So it was kind of cool. Like, all right, let them like battle it out in this terrible weather game. It's almost like the snowball, you know, like snowball games are like always like terrible games, but it's just so much fun to watch because you never know what's going to happen on the play. I agree with Eric. I think these games are sometimes once in a lifetime games to these guys and it's a good experience. It, it kind of mixes it up a little bit in the NFL season. I will give John a little bit of credit, though. Like, I do totally get that. No NFL game, I think, has ever been canceled other than maybe, like, for a COVID uh, protocol. But even then, when what happened with the Steelers, like, uh, last year, they had COVID, and they had to play, like, three games in 10 days. Yeah. So even then, the NFL still didn't cancel a game. And lightning delays. Yeah. They'll literally wait five to six hours and then play the football game it's absurd but i guess you got to think about it it is tough like if you push the day back like it's the one sport that like you really shouldn't play multiple times a week but to make money the nfl does it every thursday but yeah hey let's not get on the nfl's bad side here at the quad bunk podcast you know that's not what my goal was um was that not the commissioner we were bashing last week Oh, it was, uh, yeah, it was no, the baseball Rob commissioner. Rob was the commissioner yeah, we were bashing yeah, last week. Right, yeah. uh, who we can probably bash again this week that he uh, he decided Another to keep the lockout going. Bozo, yet. yeah. Just keep him on Bozo the week watch until baseball comes back, I guess. That's such a crazy thing that you don't get access to, like, the team trainers. Like, during lockouts, you don't get access to, like, everyone you've been working with to work on your recovery and all of that stuff. You're, like, not allowed to use them anymore. So like James Centalion, who's a pitcher for the for the Yankees, was like, "Oh, okay. I guess I'm in charge of my own my own uh, recovery now. I'd like to take this boot off now. I'll I'll be, I'll be taking this boot off because I'm in charge." Is that what he actually did? 
No, I'm sure he didn't, but he's just going to say that just seems like a silly move. I feel like if you're a guy making $30 million a year, like I could just walk down the street and find the best doctor in New York city and be like, Hey, sir, what's wrong with me? Yeah, I think so. But it is pretty crazy that like, because I mean, that's like a health issue. That's not really like a. No, I know. It's just not, it's not money. It's like actually like fixing them and make sure they come back the right way. Um, all right. So moving on to bearish and bullish, uh, Eric prepared for bearish and bullish, or do you want me to go again first? You can start. <laughs> I'll start. I'm not saying I'm not prepared. Fix it up a little bit. Here we go, Joey. Joey with the bearish and bullish. Here we go. You know what I'm bullish on? I'm what? bullish on roundabouts. Okay. I'll tell you why. I was home this past Thanksgiving for a couple of days and there were a few places near where I grew up that used to be intersections with a stoplight that now have roundabouts. It must have happened in the last year while I've been gone. I'm telling you, roundabouts are more efficient than stoplights. I'm committed. I'm committed to that viewpoint. I think for low and medium volume intersections, I'll say that. High volume might not work so well. Low and medium volume intersections, roundabouts are superior to stoplights. I I love that choice, first of all, for like a, a bearish and bullish. Say, I just love that take. Yeah. Like, I, I love I love what you what you had as options there. And you were like, you know what the quad bunk podcast needs when I'm on the airways, we need to talk a little bit about roundabouts and how much how underappreciated they are. Because they are underappreciated. I've got a couple of roundabouts that were implemented in the last couple of years near my house too. And you know what? I enjoy them as well. I, I gotta say, I got no counterpoint here. Other than, you know, maybe old people struggle with it a little bit more. And, um, you know, the people that don't, you, you really are hoping people understand what they're doing. Because, you know, if someone doesn't know how to work at a roundabout, you can really get T-boned. I think that is probably the only drawback is that it takes a little bit of a higher level of driving skill to navigate mm-hmm. them. Yeah. But as long as you're a competent driver, I'd, I'd, I'd really hope that you can navigate a roundabout. How about this? You know, you should impl- we should implement that in the driving test. Put a roundabout in the driving test, which which definitely is something wow. that's currently not in there. That we'll we'll put legislation out there. The Quad Bunk Podcast will allocate, allocate some of our resources to from our legislative branch to uh, our lobbying firm from the Quad Bunk to to get some some uh, to add that to the driving test. I'm supportive. We'll, we'll call it the Joey Stevens rule. Um, but uh, all right, so I'm I'm bullish on um on video games because it's it's gonna be daddy lockdown season again coming pretty soon and you just hate to see it but you know what the one positive is from daddy lockdown season is that you get to get get to enjoy video games with friends again and 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 you know what i missed that for a little while when we got to spend all of our money and and enjoy our lives we didn't get to you know play call of duty until four o'clock in the morning with reckless abandon because you need to find some reason to to have your sleep schedule be fucked up on the weekends. As exciting as, exciting as that sounds, why are you putting this bad juju on us? Uh, yeah, it's like it's gonna be my fault. We're gonna be it's gonna be yeah. When if, if, if Daddy Lockdown comes down, I'm coming back and I'm quoting this right now. And I'm saying you are the reason. Yeah, it, it's it's my fault, not the fact that uh, you know some some countries are or some U.S. corporations are not allowing uh open source for their vaccine for their vaccines uh so that everyone can get can get the uh get the vaccine all around the the globe um it's my fault i'll I'll wear that 
So if anyone John, has I'm, issues. I'm with you there on video yeah. games. Battlefield 2042 just came out. Mm-hmm. Not going to lie. I've been on it. Yeah. How about I'm, Halo Infinity too? Like that one's, that one's new. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about, you know, the, the, uh, the Oculus. I, I, I find that people enjoy it. I find that people that haven't enjoy it. I just think I would spend way too much time on that. I don't think I, I don't, I feel like I wouldn't get anything productive done ever if I bought that. Man, I have been so tempted to get the the quest too. Yeah. I've been so tempted. I've been seeing sales like black Friday sales pop up on my, on my ads, on my feed and social media. I'm like, they know me. They know Mm -hmm. exactly what I want. They do. I, um, Joe, here's a question for you because you're in shape. Uh, do you get uh, ads for like uh, like true classics and those shirts that like fit really well on the the biceps and then give you a little bit more room down down by the stomach? Do you the get those classic? ads? Is that that's the brand name, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen those before. Okay, all right, that makes me feel better because I thought that like it just knew that some people were fat and some people weren't fat. And you as a non-fat person, in my mind, I would hope would get those ads similar to me and they wouldn't be able to bifurcate by people that aren't, aren't fat. So I, I'm glad that makes me feel oh, Wait, good. they're tighter around the arms, but it's a push-up bra for men. The, yeah, that's what <laughs> I guess that makes, hey, I mean. Not so far off. What it does is, is it, it gets really tight around the chest and the bicep area and then gives you a little bit more room down by the stomach for- Well, I've uh, definitely for seen ads for shirts that are like, oh, they'll make you like this. And I'm like, well, like it's a t-shirt. I'm not really sure how much it can really do. That kind of makes sense though, like tighter around the arms and looser around it. No, it, it makes a lot of sense. But like I was, my issue was, is this a targeted ad towards, towards John Brzezowski? Because John Brzezowski has- brought carbohydrates back into his life for the past eight months and is just as fat as he was uh before he did the you fucked up 45 a couple a little over a year ago i didn't i just didn't know if that was like part of the algorithm and i'm glad that that joey as an in-shape person gets those two do you have those feelings joey do you like are you like do they know that i had a salad like why are they giving me these ads i just feel like i fit the demographic middle 20s you know white guy middle class i feel like i fit that demographic works out clearly like you know they they, they know they know what you're yeah. doing they they understand all of us to ins and outs on these algorithms all right i'll see you guys on the other side of this all right Come on. all right cool so joey roundabouts are great really appreciate that uh eric i don't know how you're gonna beat roundabouts but feel free to take your swing at it and probably not i mean this one's pretty basic bullish john's gonna be probably upset with me but <laughs> Definitely a popular opinion. I'm very bullish on online shopping. And <laughs> let me tell you why. It is yeah, tell me why, because I've never heard I've never heard a positive about is, online shopping. It is if anybody actually, you know what? My family is probably bullish on online shopping because if there was no online shopping, they would be getting lumps of coal under the Christmas tree this year. So I think everybody is grateful for the fact that the internet exists and you can just go put things in your shopping cart online rather than a real person shopping cart and just hit click. And hey, look, it'll be at my house in three to seven days. It's awesome. Christmas is 20 away. I got plenty of time. Look, I can handle, I can handle like I'm, I'm bullish on the football season starting. I'm bullish on the NBA season starting when you just look at the calendar and say, these are things that are exciting. This isn't but seasonal, to just to just thought, say like generally be- the fact that the internet exists and you can purchase things on there is your bullish. Well, well, I guess it's ridiculous. Maybe it is seasonal because it's the time of the year. 
and shopping and it's crazy. Well, it's kind of funny because it leads me to my bearish. Uh, oh, jeez. I don't know. Hold on, hold on, Joey. Did you have something to add on 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 how bullish Eric they, is they on go, online they shopping? Go together, so they go together. I mean, I'll let you, I want to hear the bearish because I feel like I need to hear the flip side of this to really formulate a real opinion. Okay. Let's hear it. All right. So I'm very bearish on holiday shopping traffic. Because, you know, anytime you're passing the mall, Mm -hmm. it's from after Thanksgiving to December 24th, all the way up to the last day, because, you know, people wait. Mm-hmm. Not like me because you know I bought it online. Because uh-huh. <laughs> you're so bullish on it. I'm so I'm so, <laughs> I'm so smart and I'm so bullish on that. But I mean, I think it adds into the fact that my office is like five minutes away from the mall. So on the way home and on the way back, it really pisses me off. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that adds into my bullish because I also hate the holiday show. I mean, it's just the holiday rush in general. Like I don't want to be in the mall from after thanksgiving to until like at least middle january yeah i completely agree with you like there's no reason to be in there um there are a couple like shops that are like pretty close to the edges i i uh i find a way oh, to like not even, don't even worry about i don't even care about getting inside it's the parking people are people are crazy people will fight you for parking spots on christmas no thank you yeah no i mean that, that really line. amazon jeff Be- i'm bullish on jeff bezos <laughs> thank you amazon Okay. Well, no, I mean, Amazon's great. Um, the invention of online shopping uh, that you're bullish on. Uh, definitely, I would I agree. Another, I have another bullish, but I don't know if I'm... Oh, was it? Is it you happy that the sun comes up in the morning? Um, well, it's actually... So <laughs> there's this crazy thing. It's called uh, seasons. So we're in winter right now, but the next season is spring. So I'm pretty excited. Pretty, pretty bullish on spring. Pretty excited. Mm-hmm. No, okay. my uh, my second bullish. I think I might have used this before, though. Okay. I'm very bullish on the Snapchat cameo stories. So Snapchat be- cameo stories. Explain that. No, you lost me there, Eric. You lost. Oh, me. you guys don't know what like. Come on, you've never. No, I'm bearish on those, man. I. I- oh, you're bearish. Ah, oh, see, like they're like really stupid and they piss me off, but like <laughs> it makes me. I find it hilarious because I just like it'll be like one where like my friend is a chick and I'm the dude and I'll just send it to him. And I'm like, here you go. And I spam it. I send you the whole story. <laughs> so like people are probably bearish on like me liking cameo stories, but I'm very bullish on it. Like I literally just sent one in the middle of the break. Cause I saw it pop up and I was like, this is just too good not to share. And I had to just like click, 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 click. So that's nice. Maybe right. I'm bearish on the fact that it won't just send the full fucking story altogether. Okay. Yeah, I, a little I, bit of both. A little, a little love hate relationship. I like the, I like the cameo stories sometimes. They're, they're funny. Um, I mean, they're all stupid. Don't get yeah. me wrong. If you're looking for quality content in terms of like find in there. deep no, thought, no. But if, but if you're, you're looking gonna... for, a, if you're looking for a quick chuckle and to imagine what your friend on the other side is thinking, <laughs> it's worth it. It's fun to, to get a laugh. Yeah, of course. I'm pretty upset that I actually haven't gotten one, maybe more than one from you. So, but I think this is going to be for me. You just don't, for some reason, like when my name pops up on your phone, you just like ignore it. Yeah. It's pretty pretty unfortunate. The co-host, the co-host of the Quad Bunk podcast. Hey, what are we doing this week? 15 minutes before. Okay. So uh, here's the deal. (laughs) Uh, But I've been thinking about it the whole time. That's what's good. Uh, All right. So I am. Why are you you prepared or the bearish or bullish? 
You can at least have your bozo. That's the only thing you do. All right, my bad, man. Um, I love how we fight within the podcast. That's my favorite. Um, but okay, so I'm bearish on. This is an obscure one, I think, uh, and it has to do with. I'll, I'll probably say the person's name after I explain it. So I'm bearish on like finding like common interests or commonalities with people that like are just actively not accepted in like the mainstream culture. So like, I don't, basically I can, I can see how most people can like get, get drawn into most conspiracy theories. I really don't think it's as crazy when people are like on CNN and they're like, there are so many people that believe the world is flat. And I'm like, people have like really good video production. Like if all you need are some, some things, but basically I found some commonality in like, I always overanalyze things. And um, Russell, Russell Brand also always overanalyzes things and like is thinking about why he's thinking about things. And like, but like, if you were, to, if I were to say like, you know who I really appreciate who, whose commentary I really appreciate on this topic, you know, Russell Brand. And people are going to be like, well, why don't you just go jump off a bridge then? Because I don't need you in society. And, and that's, that's what, I, what I feel. You know, that like Aldous Snow, the guy that was the, you know, the anti-hero in Forgetting Sarah Marshall is where I go anti-hero. to for, for some topics. I, I liked Aldous in that. In that. Yeah, I, think he was the, I think he was the best. Yeah. He was also in uh, Get Him to the Greek. Which is like hilarious how they like put those two movies together out of nowhere, but oh no, I'm Eldest Snow. You did say something that uh, brings me bullshit, bullshit, that. bullshit. <laughs> okay, well after that great impersonation, that you, was you did say something in the middle of there that uh, now I need to ask this question because it's just it's gonna bug me. I ask people this quite a lot. Talking about the people who believe the Earth is flat, have you ever met a flat earther? No. Not no, in person, right? No, no, I, no. I have met one in my life, mm. and it was the craziest experience I've ever had. Because the kid asked me, "Have you ever seen the sun and the moon at the same time?" And it wasn't with like he didn't come out and say like, "Yo, I think the Earth is flat." The first thing he asked me was, "Do you think have you ever seen the sun and the moon at the same time?" And I was like, "All right, yeah, like, yeah, I have." And and he was like. How do you explain that? And I was like, well, I'm no scientist, but sometimes some scientists down the line figured out that it's the glare off the water or something in the sun and the moon, blah, blah, the reflection. And he's like, nah, bro, it's because there's only one side. And I was like, one side to what? And he said, the earth. And then he went into it, like doubled down. He was like, well, I'm not, I don't, I'm not guaranteeing the earth is flat. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure that was misproven like in the 1500s. And then when we got even better technology, even more disproven, but please continue. So I'm just curious if anybody, cause that was one of the craziest things. Like, even if I did think the earth was flat, I don't think I would tell anybody. I don't think that's something that I would be able to share public knowledge. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. I just like, I don't know, Joey, I, I have, I have trouble. I'm having trouble with coming to grips with the fact that I think that, you know, Russell Brand is someone that I, I, I agree with a lot of things on the, do, do you find that there are like, Joe Rogan is another example of someone that like, if you talk to some people, they'd be like, oh, well, you're just an idiot for liking him. And then you see that like, he has hundreds of millions of, of views per episode and you're like oh okay 
yeah, but you are now you are also in the minority of this thought process. I agree. <clears throat> One thing about Russell Brand though that's fascinating is I just rediscovered him and his YouTube channel and some of the videos he puts out. And John, I'm not gonna lie, I'm with you. I've agreed with a lot of the stuff he's been saying. And you know, he shed some light on some things and he's no scientist and he's no professional, but he is a comedian. He makes things funny and he does a good enough job at researching. So I feel like that might be an unpopular opinion, but Russell Brand isn't the worst. I, I, that's the issue, dude. That's the issue. Cause I know if I say this to you, you're, you're my trust tree here that I'm not worried about saying these things to. But if I say it to like the guy on the other side of this wall, my roommate, he'll be like, idiot. John's an idiot. We all knew John was an idiot. And I would be, have to be like, yes, I know. I know. I am an idiot. I'm an idiot. It's fine. I don't know how to fix that. Um, but like, there's no, there's, there's no uh, way or form of um, explaining yourself, which is why I relate it to like uh, related to conspiracies is that like there, no matter what you provide as evidence for why you think this, this opinion is valid, like there's no way someone's going to move on to your side. No, because it's, it's important. It, it's more, it, it would be more important to me if I believed that the earth was flat. I don't. But if I did, it would be much more important to me to be accepted in society than to believe that the earth is flat. So like, like Kyrie Irving was like, nah, I don't care. I'll, I'll feel, feel free to knock me out of society because I don't care. I've got enough money. That was and a crazy like, one when I heard he believed the earth was flat. Well, I yeah. Think Kyrie, I think Kyrie just wants to be out of society. So yeah, Kyrie's like, what Kyrie goes on, uh, on Twitter and he goes like, what are the least popular opinions I can have? He's like, and how let me can I just knock them all out at once. Interviewed. All right, I'm just going to tell people I think the earth is flat. <laughs> so they think I just don't know anything. Yeah. You know what's funny, Eric, is the flat earth point of view is actually a little too pervasive in the MMA community. Um, and that's due to really one person, Eddie Bravo. Eddie Bravo. Yes. Yeah. You say you're familiar with Eddie Bravo. Yeah. Um, Only with his affinity for flat earth. Yes. Uh, good friend of Joe Rogan, too. I yeah. uh, got him into jujitsu actually uh, many, many years ago, but Eddie Bravo really is committed to the flat earth thing and it's questionable at best. Yeah. Like that's the crazy thing is like, how do you have, how can you find, like, I can't trust Eddie Bravo as an authority on any subject because I know that he also holds this position or are you able to separate the two? Like, cause that's like, I, I, I feel like that's so tough because it's such like a common like easy thing to understand that that's just almost physically impossible for that to be the case yeah I think it comes from a lot of people believing that the moon landing was fake and just the belief that we don't actually go to space like even that if you could tell me like okay like I I don't guarantee that the earth is flat, but I don't believe the pictures of the earth. Like, I think it's other things that can prove it. Like, okay, that makes sense. I don't believe we actually went to space. I can believe you on that. I don't know if we really did. Ah, shit. Eric's a flat earther. I, we, we just I'm it. definitely not a flat uh, earther. Uh -oh. Might be a moon landing conspiracy. Cancel the pod. Um, if you want to go into that, we could probably spend another 40 minutes on whether or not... Uh, what was going on with that wind out there? There's no wind on the moon. <laughs> there's no wind on the moon. Of course there's no wind on the moon. How did it happen that way? Um, but now, Joe, you brought up jujitsu, and I, I think... um American flag, it stood up on its own. It might Sorry. be... <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, they, it was patriotism that made that exactly. flag move. Statesman <laughs> of Hollywood. Yeah, it was patriotism and freedom that caused that caused that flag to to fly. You are strong's will as jumping <laughs> off. It's the masculine urge to believe that. Um, but the you brought up jujitsu a little bit. And I did want to dive into this because um, was listening to a podcast where uh, some of the things that I think run as run into issues now is the inability for some people um to like release tension or like like be able to like actively get rid of some of the pent-up anger or or stuff that comes with like the biological portion of of a male that you know people we just don't like to talk about the fact that there is like this portion of us that doesn't like get on a podcast and speak into a microphone there's also a portion of everyone that has to kind of release the the not call it the animal inside because that's kind of cliche and it makes me feel like I'm actually just trying to be Joe Rogan 2.0. Um, but how have you found that jujitsu um, has helped you? And um, like, when did you, when did you start? Yeah. So first, you know, I think um, you're absolutely right. There's definitely a lot of people in the, our society that don't have releases that they need for a lot of biological instincts and needs that we have as humans. And a lot of people are competitive. I know I'm competitive. Uh, I know, John, you're competitive. We played a lot of sports together. Yeah. Quick tangent, me and Joey once once played like one-on-one spike ball for, I want to say like two and a half hours, just the two of us. It's like very hard to play one-on-one spike ball. It's like a much less fun game. But me and Joey were just, (laughs) me and Joey were willing to just spend hours just like competing against each other. And if he beat me, I'm like, all right, saddle up, let's do it again. So my point exactly, we're competitive guys. A lot of us are. Um, And I feel like a lot of, you know, you build that as a kid, playing team sports, playing individual sports, everything. But after college, even in college, a lot of people don't really have that release of being competitive. For me, I picked up Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in 2017. and. I'll give Joe Rogan the credit for that one. Uh, yeah. Listening to his podcast incentivized me to try it. Called my local gym, spoke to uh, the black belt head coach, head coach Steve Rinker, also a police officer where I grew up. A great guy, got me into it. Um, and then I bounced around at a couple gyms while I was still in college, one of them being Central PA MMA, in state college PA. And then I've been training at District Martial Arts in Virginia for the last two plus years. Hey, no free ads, man. No free ads. So really for me, um, jujitsu was something that married a couple things that I was really interested in into one, physical activity, competition, and stimulating my brain. Uh, One of the greatest quotes I know of about jujitsu is this, Uh, Brazilian jujitsu is high level Oh, I messed it up already. Um, high level problem solving. High level problem solving with dire physical consequences. Yeah, it's it's Mr. JRE, right? It is. Okay. So I think that sums it up so perfectly because that's really what it is. You know, you are pitting yourself against someone else. Each of you knows what you're trying to do. You're trying to choke out or submit the other person, and they're trying to do it to you. So your whole goal is to navigate this experience of entangled limbs and strategy and try to get to the finish line. Um, It's become a passion of mine over the last couple of years. I've been training for about five years now. 
And I'm actually competing in a tournament this weekend uh, in Richmond. So my team is going down together with our coaches and we're competing in this tournament. Um, really, I, it's, it's just been something as a release for me and something for me to be a student in. And I think that's really important for a lot of people to, to try new things and be a perpetual student. Um, you can never get complacent in life. And I think jujitsu is one of those things where you'll never reach the end. There is no end. It is an open-ended pursuit because you start from the very beginning and you're completely humbled the whole time for the first year. And then you start getting good, getting traction, and you start humbling other people. And then eventually you become better and you're learning and you're exerting yourself physically and you're getting out that competitive urge that a lot of people have. And I know it's very true for me. I played sports my whole life and this is now my thing that I do instead of playing traditional sports. But I, I really think that the martial arts are something that a lot of people should invest their time in if you're able to. And I think most people are able to. Um, I'm a big proponent of it. it. It's really become a central focus in my life. Gives me a purpose outside of my career. And I really think that's important to, you know, have some personal goals. A lot of people talk about professional development, professional goals, and it's very important. Uh, we all need to be functional, contributing members of society. Uh, but you also need to be happy in yourself and advance yourself personally. And I think uh, martial arts is a great way to do that. can be overlooked sometimes, but it's a, it's a really great way to do that. All right, cool. So guys, we're going to just call it the podcast here. Uh, me and Eric will be gone our way down to district martial arts in uh, VA and, and we'll be, we'll just be down there for the next uh, five to 10 years uh, if you need us. Um, but no, I, it, it's tickled my fancy a couple of times of, of wanting to do it, but then I always just bring myself back to um, the one year I wrestled in high school where I went uh, defeated and did not win a single match in freshman freshman wrestling in the 130 or 135 weight class and you know i i i find that i like can plan and then i get in there and i just freeze up and nothing works so i, I just you know i'm sure that if i if i figure that out maybe it'll it'll have it'll like uh um you know foster other portions of my life as well because i do think that what you're saying here in part by saying that like, you know, this is a good release for you and it, it's a good way to like mentally stimulate yourself. Um, you find that it benefits other areas of your life as well. And not just that it's a detractor. And by adding more things to your plate, it, it brings up the whole value of your life instead of just saying, okay, this was one of my things of like the one less thing methodology is like, if you put all your eggs in one basket and say like, yeah, my relationships, is sh my relationships are shit. My physical presence is shit, but my career, woof, you know, that's going really well. Um, but you can't control everything within those, right? So your career takes a turn and now you look at yourself and you're like, okay, well, my relationships are shit and my physical appearance is shit and my mental state is, is terrible. And now I don't have that one thing that I used to enjoy. So for me, it's like adding multiple things to your plate means that if one thing goes awry, it's not necessarily as much of the end of the world as if you just had all your eggs in one basket. And what you're speaking to is balance, right? It's 
really having a balanced approach to life. Um, balance is key in a lot of things, uh, but it absolutely what you're saying is true. You know, you need to have your ducks in a row in different aspects of your life, not just one. And or, or, or it could be that you're uh, filling your life with so many things to avoid the thoughts that go on in your actual head. So there's, those are the two options that you can say, either busy people are like actually doing this for like the value that they get from it. Or when little John inside his head gets, gets too loud, he needs to go for a run. Like those are the two, you know, that, that's the kind of, both of those can be true at once. It's all about perspective. I don't know. I don't know how often you, you think about those things, but for me, that's, that's one of my portions of, of the mentals is like adding things to your plate and you're like, Oh no, that's just for, that's just for value. But it could also just be for, you know, the fact that we, we don't want to think about whatever we're, whatever our mind wants us to think about. Do you have, do you find that it gets easier because of how much you have on your plate? Um, maybe not necessarily the amount, but the quality of it uh doing productive things and doing a lot of things is one thing but doing productive things is key um and yeah you know so just to reiterate i think that for me at least uh studying studying and training brazilian jiu-jitsu has been one of those productive things in my life that comes with its cons aka some injuries but that kind of comes with the territory but uh it's it absolutely helps your mental state. I mean, I think one of the things for me is when you get done a hard session of training in the gym with a bunch of guys who are just trying to rip your arms off and choke you out, you drive home and you're just thankful. You know, you don't get in any road rage incidents. You're not angry if someone cuts you off. You go home, take a shower, and, you know, you're relaxed. So the quality of it's important as well. Okay, so we're not going to spend another 25 minutes asking you to define product productive because, you know, that could that could land on a bunch of different directions. But um, uh, I appreciate, Joey, you taking the time today. This was very insightful. We ran the gamut of talking about sales, how you moved from an engineering background through a sales role and a leadership program with Hilti, uh, no free ads to get an MBA. And, um, you know, a lot of stuff that happens outside of our job is sometimes the most important. Um, and other than the fact that we should say that no one should lay off more than a hundred people on a zoom call and we're bullish on online shopping as well as, as well as roundabouts. Um, Joey, any final thoughts before we close out today? Yeah, I've had a wonderful time here, John. I appreciate it. Appreciate your time. You too, Eric. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I appreciate you for coming on. I think this was a lot of fun. Definitely, uh, definitely got some more time for uh, a round two at some point. So, yeah, this is good. Thought you were going to throw a roundabout reference in there, and I was like, I was like, wow, that would have been that would have been something. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I tried not too quick thinking on my feet, I guess. Um, but no, I appreciate you taking the time, Joey, and uh, everyone else. We'll talk soon.